Welcome to Zikhu Dafsi. My name is Abraham Goldhar, and today we're Zakhus the third parak, Elena Aros. The Zichu Mesechus Ksubas program has been generously sponsored as a schus for HaKazachas Torah. So the three drops are going to focus on number one. On Davlamid Dalad Amabes, who have deemed reported that Rabbi Yochanan holds, Chayvi Mises Shogagin Chayv, that those who inadvertently did an action, which is a capital crime, are Chayv monetary payment. Rabbi questions if there's anyone who holds that. For it was Tan and Bryce in the base midrash of Chizkiah. The Torah makes a comparison between the psukim of Maka Adam and Maka Behema, one who strikes a man who is executed and does not pay damages, and one who strikes an animal who always pays damages. From here we learn, Ma Maka Behema Ben Beshogeg, Ben just as one who strikes an animal, you do not distinguish whether he did a Beshogeg or Bemezid or whether he had Kavana to strike this animal or did not have Kavana and accidentally struck this animal instead of another animal or between a downward blow or an upward blow to put him from paying money. Rather, the Pusik means to pay in all these cases. So too when it comes to striking a man, and all these distinctions just mentioned, the Torah is not coming to be mechaev to pay in any of these cases. Rather, it's coming to exempt him from paying in all these cases. Rabdimi's report is thus refuted. Point number two, when Rabin came from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, he reported that Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish disagree with regard to those who did a transgression b'shogig that when done b'mezid is chayv malkas and is also chayv a monetary payment at the same time. Rabbi Yochanan says he's chayv to make the payment for he holds only chayv misus itkush. Only those who did acts that are chayv the death penalty when done b'mezid are compared to one who strikes an animal in that they're always pata from payment. But chayv malkas lo itkush. But those who did acts that are chayv malkas when damba mezid are not compared to one who strikes an animal and they are not always pater from payment. Rishakish says he's pater. Beferish reaps the Torah chayv malkios kachayv misos. For the Torah explicitly included those chayv from malkas in the exemption from payment, just like those chayv the death penalty. When the grass where the Torah includes this law, Abayah said it's derived from the Gezer Shava of Russia, Russia. Rashi explains that it says with regard to those Chai Misa, Asher Hu Rasha Lamus, who is guilty to be put to death. And it says by those Chai Malkus, Vayayim Bin Hakosa Rasha, and it shall be if the guilty one deserves Malkus. Rava says it's derived from Maka, one who strikes with regard to Malkus, and Maka with regard to one who strikes an animal. And point number three, Rav Chia said to Rava, according to the town of the base Midrash of Chizkiah, who made the comparison of Maka Adam and Maka Behema, on what basis did he presume the case was where he struck the animal on a weekday and not on Shabbos when one can distinguish between an act done and one done b'mezid? The Gemara answers that the Pasuk cannot be referring to where he struck the animal b'shogeg on Shabbos, for the Pasuk states, Umaka behema yishal mena, umaka adam yumas. One who strikes an animal shall pay for it, and one who strikes a man and kills him shall be put to death. If the person was not warned, why should he be put to death? Rather, it was obvious he was warned. Now, if it was on Shabbos, why would one who strike an animal pay? If he was warned not to strike and he struck it, he'd be chai misa and pata from payment. Therefore, the Pasuk must be dealing with one striking an animal on a weekday when he's always chai payment regardless of whether he acted b'shogeg or b'mezid. So once again, the three points are number one. On Davalamid Daladamabes, Rabbi Dimi reported that Rabbi Yochanan holds chai misa shogegin chayv, that those who inadvertently did an action, which is a capital crime, are chai of monetary payment. Rabbi questions if there's anyone who holds that. For it was Tan and Bryce in the base midrash of Chizkiah. The Torah makes a comparison between the psukim of Maka Adam and Maka Behema, one who strikes a man who is executed and does not pay damages, and one who strikes an animal who always pays damages. From here we learn, Ma Maka Behema Lohilaktabo, Ben Beshogeg, Ben Bemezid, just as one who strikes an animal, you do not distinguish whether he did a Beshogeg or Bemezid, or whether he had Kavana to strike this animal, or did not have Kavana and accidentally struck this animal instead of another animal, 
or between a downward blow or an upward blow to putter him from paying money. Rather, the pusik means to pay in all these cases. So too when it comes to striking a man, and all these distinctions just mentioned, the Torah is not coming to be mechaev to pay in any of these cases. Rather, it's coming to exempt him from paying in all these cases. Rav Dimi's report is thus refuted. Point number two, when Rabin came from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, he reported that Rabbi Yochan and Reish Lakish disagree with regard to those who did a transgression for shogging that when done by Mezid is chayv malkas and is also chayv, a monetary payment at the same time. Rabbi Yochanan says he's chayv to make the payment, for he holds only chayv misus itkush. Only those who did acts that are chayv the death penalty when done b'mezid are compared to one who strikes an animal, in that they're always pater from payment. But chayv malkus lo itkush. But those who did acts that are chayv malkus when done b'mezid are not compared to one who strikes an animal, and they are not always pater from payment. Rishakish says he's pater. Beferish reaps the Torah chayv malkios kachayv misus. For the Torah explicitly included those chayv from malkus in the exemption from payment, just like those chayv, the death penalty. When the Gemara asks where the Torah includes this law, Abayah said it's derived from the Gezer Shava of Rasha Rasha. Rashi explains that it says with regard to those chayv misa, asher hu rasha lamus, who is guilty to be put to death. And it says by those chayv malkus, bahayayim bin hakosa rasha, and it shall be if the guilty one deserves malkus. Rava says it's derived from Maka, one who strikes with regard to Malkas, and Maka with regard to one who strikes an animal. And pointing with you, Rav Chia said to Rava, according to the town of the base Midrash of Chizkiah, who made the comparison of Maka Adam and Maka Behema, on what basis did he presume the case was where he struck the animal on a weekday and not on Shabbos, when one can distinguish between an act done Shogeg and one done Bemezid? The Gemara answers that the Pasuk cannot be referring to where he struck the animal Bishogeg on Shabbos, for the Pasuk states, Umaka behima yishal mena, umaka adam yumas, one who strikes an animal shall pay for it, and one who strikes a man and kills him shall be put to death. If the person was not warned, why should he be put to death? Rather, it was obvious he was warned. Now, if it was on Shabbos, why would one who strike an animal pay? If he was warned not to strike and he struck it, he'd be chayv misa and putter from payment. Therefore, the Pasuk must be dealing with one striking an animal on a weekday when he's always high payment, regardless of whether he acted b'shogeg or b'mezid. All right, so now we got our simmer dafalamid hey, and our standard simmon is a children's choir singing la, la, la. So here goes. The children's choir director, who inadvertently struck a man and a cow with his baton, just as the choir was singing the Russia Russia chorus line of their song that compared Malkus to Misa, was shocked to see a sign on the animal that read, You will always be high of a payment if you strike me on a weekday. Once again, it's emotion. The children's choir director, children's choir, that must be more enough. Lamed hey, la, la, la. The children's choir director who inadvertently struck a man and a cow with his baton, which reminds us it was taught to Bryce in the base miniature of Chizkiah. The Torah makes a comparison between the Psukim Maka Adam and Maka Behema, one who strikes a man who is executed and does not pay damages, and one who strikes an animal who always pays damages. From here we learn that just as one who strikes an animal, you do not distinguish whether he did a Bishogeg or Bemezud or whether he had Kavana to strike this animal or didn't have Kavana, he's always Chayv to pay. So too, when it comes to striking a man and all these distinctions just mentioned, the Torah is not coming to Machayim to pay in any of these cases, rather it's coming to exempt him from paying in all these cases. So the children's choir director, who inadvertently struck a man and a cow with his baton, just as the choir was singing the Russia Russia chorus line of their song that compared Malkus to Misa, which reminds us, when Ravin came from Eretz Israel to Babel, he reported that Yochan and Rishlakish disagreed, with regard to those who did a transgression, that when Dambe 
Nezid. It's Chai Malkus, and it's also Chai of a monetary payment at the same time. Rishonki says he's Pater, Beferish, Ribs the Torah, Bechaivi Malkios, Kachavi Misos. But the Torah explicitly included those Chai from Malkus in the exemption from payment, just like those Chai of the death penalty. When the Gemara asks whether the Torah includes this law, Abai said it's derived from the Gazer Shava of Russia, Russia. So the children's choir director, who inadvertently struck a man and a cow with his baton, just as the choir was singing the Russia, Russia chorus line of their song that compared Malkus to Misa, was shocked to see a sign in the animal that read, you will always be high of a payment if you strike me on a weekday, which reminds us that Gamora explains how the ton of the base magician of Hizkiel, who made the comparison of Maka Adam and Maka Behema, presumed the case is where he struck the animal on a weekday and not on Shabbos, when one can distinguish between an act of Shogeg and one of Amazing. So once again, the children's choir director, who inadvertently struck a man and a cow with his baton, just as the choir was singing the Russia, Russia chorus line of their song that compared Malkus to Misa, was shocked to see a sign in the animal that read, you will always be high of a payment if you strike me on a weekday. All right, so now it's time for four blah back Hazar. So the simmer Daflamidov is the law, and we use a judge. So here goes. The judge, the judge, that must mean we're on Daflamidov. The judge watched the prosecutor demonstrate how the thief bent down to eat a piece of stolen caliph while shooting an arrow into Shuzu Rabim that tore through a sheet. Which reminds us, the more explains that the case of stealing caliph and eating it and shooting an arrow dalad almost through a silk are not comparable. In the case of the arrow, it's impossible to have a hanokha without the akira. And therefore, the akira is considered the beginning of the act of transferring. Whereas in the caliph case, one could bend down and eat it. Alternatively, in the arrow case, once he shoots the arrow, he cannot bring it back. Whereas with the caliph, he can return it after he lifts it up. So the judge watched the prosecutor demonstrate how the thief bent down to eat a piece of stolen caliph while shooting an arrow into Shuzurabi that tore through a sheet, along with footage of his stealing a purse on Shabbos and taking small steps to Shuzurabi, which reminds us of Bryce that taught that one who steals a purse on Shabbos from someone's house and then takes it into Shuzurabi is kind of to pay for the stolen purse even though he's also high for the death penalty for Chilas Shabbos, for he's already become high for theft before he became high for stoning. We do not say Hagbad Tzorach Hatzahi. The lifting of the purse is a prerequisite for the act of transferring. For the ton of the Brisa is Benazah who says, Mahalach Ka'omadami, that walking is equivalent to standing. Rashi explains that Benazah holds that each step one takes is an Akira and Hanocha, so that the last step he took before leaving the house was the Akira for which he was Chayv Chil Shabbos, not the earlier step he took when he stole the purse. So the judge watched the prosecutor demonstrate how the thief bent down to eat a piece of stolen Chayv while shooting an arrow into Shuzurabim that tore through a sheet, along with footage of his stealing a purse on Shabbos and taking small steps to Shuzurabim, while the defendant sat silently, keeping his large 4 by 4 hands low to the ground. Which reminds us, the more clarifies that in the case where the thief dragged the purse, he pulled it into Shuzurabim, and could go and see if it's where the thief brought his other hand close to the ground below the height of three tfakim and received the purse in that hand where it came to rest. This is in accordance with Rabu who holds A person's hand is considered as an area of four by four tfakim. Rashi explains that just like a hand is considered as a separate rishus for hanacha, so too here with regard to a kinyan. The hand is considered a separate rishus and it's as if the thief lifted his hand three tfakim above the ground. So the simmer Dafalam base is a mad scientist in the lab. So here goes. The mad scientist in the lab. Mad scientist in the lab? That must be more in Dafalam base. 
The mad scientist in the lab designing a kanas omatic that would automatically give a kanas to a Nara sister, but not to one who was a shota bogeres, which reminds us the more contrast the Mishan Daf Chavtes Amun Aleph that stated that if one violated a woman who was an Israkaris, such as a sister, she's entitled to the fine, with the Mishnah Malkus that states, Elohenolokin, these are the ones who received Malkus for violating an Isra and list one who has relations with an Israkaris, such as a sister. And it has been established for us that one does not receive malchus and pay money for the same crime. Well, answer, there's no difficulty. Our mission is dealing with Akhoso Na'ara, his sister, who is a Na'ara, where the Kanasra violation applies. And the mission of Makos is dealing with Akhoso Bagaris, his sister is a Bagaris, where Kanas does not apply. So, the mad scientist in the lab designing a Kanasomatic that would automatically give a Kanas to a Nara's sister, but not to one who was a Shoto Bogares, built in an Ein Takazain camera to ensure one paid the fine and didn't get lashes, which reminds us, the Gemara infers from Will's answer that he holds that wherever one is high both a monetary payment and lashes, that the person pays and is not lashed. The Gemara seeks to identify Ula's source and concludes it's learned from the Gezer Shava of Tachas Tachas. It's written with regard to the violator. She shall become his wife, Tachas Asherina, in place of his violating her. And it's written with regard to one who strikes and wounds another, Ein Tachas Ein, an eye in place of an eye. Just as there, in the case of one who wounds another, he pays money and does not receive malchus, even if he was warned not to strike the victim, so to every place where there's both a chiv of money and lashes, such as in the case where one violates his sister, the person pays and is not lashed. So, the mad scientist in the lab designing a kanasomatic that would automatically give a kanas to a Nara sister, but not to one who was a shoto bogeres, built in an Ein Takazain camera to ensure one paid the fine and didn't get lashes, because the last one he made accidentally gave 40 lashes instead. Which reminds Rabbi Yochanan holds that wherever there is a chiyuv for both money and malchus, and he's warned about malchus, he receives malchus and does not pay. The pus regarding Malka states that the person receives lashes Kedei Risha So in accordance with his wickedness, from which we can learn Mishum Risha Achaz at the Machayv, but be at the Machayv or Mishum Shtei Rishiyos. You may punish him for one act of Rishas, but you cannot punish him for two acts of Rishas, referring to penalties for both money and lashes. And the next Pasuk states, Arbayim Yakenu, 40 lashes, he shall strike him. Rashi explains that we learn from here that where there are two penalties, he's lashed and does not make a monetary payment. Daflamma Gimel, so the Simmer Daflamma Gimel is a peg leg pirate. So here goes. The peg leg pirate, peg leg pirate, that must be learned off Lamad Gimel. The peg leg pirate who was agitated because he couldn't give Asra to the Adim Zomamim, which reminds us, Belazar says Adim Zomim pay money and do not receive Malkas, Mishum because they're not subject to receiving warning before they commit their transgression. Rush explains, we do not subject someone to a physical punishment if they have not been warned. Rava clarifies why they can't give a swat to them a day or an hour before they testify, or right before they testify, or right after they testify. So the peg-like pirate who was agitated because he couldn't give a swat to the Adam Zomamim became livid when they laughed off his lashes warning because it was less severe than death, which reminds us, when Rav Shishabrid Rav Edi brings a source that a chobo b'chavera, one who wounds another pays money and does not receive malkas, he mentions the rule, musra davra hachamur havi musra davra kal. One who's warned for a severe matter is considered warned for a lighter matter. For example, if someone was warned that striking and killing someone would result in the death penalty, he's considered warned that striking and wounding his opponent would subject him to lashes. So the peg-like pirate who was agitated because he couldn't give hasra to the Aim Zomamim became livid when they laughed off his lashes warning because it was less severe than death. And then one ran off and stole his pirate sheep and had his friend Shachtet on Shabbos. Which reminds us what Mer says, that one who steals an ox or sheep and shacked it on Shabbos, 
pays four or five times, even though he also gets the death penalty. The Gemara explains that the Bryce is dealing with the case of it was shechted through another person. Rava clarifies that even though we hold there's no shaliach for a transgression. In this case, the Torah states and shechts it or sells it. Just as the thief is chayv when he brings about the sale by involving another person, referring to a buyer, so too he is chayv when the shackling is through another person. So the simmer is a ladder. So here goes. The person who cooked b'mezid on Shabbos was placing the dish forbidden to all on top of a ladder. A ladder? That must be more Lamadalit. The person who cooked b'mezid on Shabbos was placing the dish forbidden to all on top of a ladder, which reminds us, it was taught in Nebraisa, if one cooked on Shabbos, going to a mirror, if it was done b'shogeg, he may eat what he cooked, but if it was done b'mezid, he may not eat it. Rabbi Yudah says, b'shogeg, he may eat it mostly Shabbos, b'mezid, he may never eat the food, but, Rashi explains, others may eat it. Rabbi Yochanan Sandler says, b'shogeg, the food may be eaten by others after Shabbos, but not by him. B'mezid, the food may never be eaten by anyone. The more brings the psukim for Rabbi Yochanan Sandler's opinion. So the person who cooked b'mezid on Shabbos was placing the dish, forbidden to all, on top of a ladder, when he accidentally dropped it on the head of a thief who stole a shor niska from a shomer's house, which reminds us. The more asked how Rabbi Meir could rule that a thief who steals in shechs, a shor niska, an ox condemned to be stoned, could be chayv, the four or five times payment. It's not the animal of the original owner they shechting, since the moment it's condemned, it becomes aser bahana. Rabbi answered that we're dealing here with a case in which the ox had been given to a shomer, and then it killed a person and was condemned to death while in his custody, and then the thief stole from the shomer's house. Rabbi holds even after the verdict is reached, if the shomer returns the animal to its owner, it's considered return. He also holds something that can cause a benefit of money is considered as money. Even though the animal's asabahana is considered, so to speak, owned by the shomer, since it causes him a benefit that he does not have to pay for damages when he returns it to the owner. Therefore, the thief has stolen the animal from the shomer and must pay four or five times to the shomer. So, the person who cooked b'mezid on Shabbos was placing the dish forbidden to all on top of a ladder when he accidentally dropped it on the head of a thief who stole a shomer nisko from a shomer's house and was shechting it himself on Shabbos, making mechaiv and misa and to pay four or five times. Which reminds us, Robert brings an alternative explanation for how Rebbe holds that a thief can be chayim four or five times a payment when the animal is shechted on Shabbos. Actually, you can say the cases where the thief shechts the animal himself and not through a shuliach. And you can still say that Rebbe generally holds that one can get malkas and pay for the same transgression, but he does not hold he can be chayim misa and payment at the same time. But this case is different. The Chiddush who shechidsh the Torah b'knas, for it's a Chiddush the Torah was mechadish with a knas, afagav the mikdom misham, that even though he's executed, he still pays the fine. All right, so now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff you learn a thief who steals and shechs a shor niskal? Could be chai four or five times when the thief steals it from the shomer's house. That's on duff. I'm a dog. Good. Number two, which stuff you learn edim zomim are not b'nei hasra? They cannot be worn. That's on duff. Good number three. Which thing went from Maka Admu, Maka Behema, that Chayve Miso Shogagin Paturin? That's on Duff. Good number four. Which stuff did you learn? Musful Adabra Chamur, Havi Musful Adabra Akal. One warned for a severe matter is considered warned for a less severe matter. That's on Duff. Good number five. Which stuff did you that Ula learns that one pays and is not lashed from the Gezer Shava of Tachas Tachas? That's on Duff. 
Lamed Beis. Good number six. Which thing when the Rav Yochanan Sanur holds that if one cooks Bemezian on Shabbos, the dish is forbidden to everyone forever. That's on Duff. Good number seven. Which of the one Abai learns from the Gezer Shaba of Russia, Russia, that the Torah explicitly included those chai from Malkus in the exemption from payment, just like those chai of the death penalty? That's on Duff. Good number eight. Which of the one, according to Shimon Timni, the woman must be fitting to be his wife to receive a kanas, and according to Rabbi Shimon Manasya, she must be fitting to remain his wife? That's on Duff. Chavtas. Good number nine. Which of the when a thief can be hived four or five times when he shechs on Shabbos because it's a special chiddush by Knas that even though he's executed, he still pays the fine. That's on Duff. Lamedal. Good. And number 10. Which of the one that the Pasuk of Makabahima is referring to a weekday. That's on Duff. Lamed Hay. Excellent. Right, that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ramgotham Zichu. wishing you a great day and great learning.